This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Stars fans, it's Jeff K, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hello, and welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. My name is Ryan Chambers, and alongside nobody today. This is just an impromptu episode. I got bored, and I was like, you know, what am I going to do at 1230 in the morning on a Saturday morning really, really early? Why not talk about Dallas Stars hockey? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry we missed the episode on Wednesday night, but uh, it has been a crazy two weeks for all three of the Chambers boys. Uh, Chris graduated from Texas A&M, so you'll get to hear from him on Wednesday. Uh, James is actually in Florida now. He moved from Texas to Florida to be closer to his girlfriend, who he greatly adores, so I'm sure he's going to be enjoying that spending more time with her but before we get any further into today's episode uh, i want to thank our sponsors for this episode DraftKings sportsbook and also raycon for being the sponsors of this episode of our podcast sarcastic remarks and all of thpn so today um what i'm going to be discussing is just a couple of things that i wanted to talk with you guys about uh the first thing is let me turn down this fan it's too loud Sorry. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk to, with you guys about is 
a athletic article that recently came out from Shana Goldman, who is an excellent writer for The Athletic, and as well as Saad Youssef. And they kind of collaborated on this at The Athletic article, and it's entitled 10 Lessons the NHL Could Learn from Other Professional Sports and Leagues to Grow the Game of Hockey. So I thought that would be interesting to kind of go through some of the stuff. We're not going to go through every all 10 lessons, but there's a couple of things that I would like to talk about from that particular article. And then obviously as the actual title of the episode is here, uh, I'm going to go through the era of 2000 to 2010 and kind of talk about my favorite draft picks from that era. And I didn't really give myself like a whole lot of guidelines I just kind of thought, I just thought, okay, about, about what era should I go through? And I was just like, well, if I do the the most recent ones, it, it's kind of unfair because, you know, especially like Wyatt Johnson, he might be higher on my list in a couple of years. So what I decided to do was just 2000 to 2010, look at all the draft picks that were there. Many of them did not play in the NHL for the Dallas Stars, but there were very good picks out of those 10 years that I'd like to talk about, and I will rank them as we go on. But first off, let's talk about 10 lessons the NHL could learn from other professional sports uh, to grow the game of hockey. So uh, the first thing I talk about is becoming more player-centric. So obviously, and what we really see this in is mostly in the NFL and the NBA, right? There's these big-name athletes they're talking about how great they are constantly and they're like i deserve this and such and such and such and those leagues really market to those players to the lebron james's of the world the dirk Nowitzkis, the uh, lamar jackson when lamar jackson was really big with the baltimore ravens for there for a while but the nhl doesn't really do that they they, they kind of do that with some of their biggest stars like they've done that with uh ov in washington they've done that with Connor mcdavid but a lot of the point here is, and let me just read it straight from the article. Hockey players often get a reputation for having bland personalities, which might be true for some players, but others want to show off their off-ice persona and side interests, but are hesitant because of the backlash they would receive from their peers for not being all about the team. So what they go on to kind of talk about is, you know, a player building up their name or their brand, as uh, they kind of say here, it should be viewed as a good thing because it allows the league to kind of grow because it's more focused on those really big name players. Now, to a certain extent, I definitely agree with that. If they were able to find those players that are, were the best players in the world and they had those kind of personalities where they were very extroverted and that kind of thing, then that would really work for uh, the NHL. But the problem is, is it, it, it's it's kind of known, but NHL athletes are very different than NFL athletes or even MLB athletes or NBA athletes. They are very much more reserved. They're more introverted. They're more about uh, more focusing about the team per se, and. To be totally honest with you, that's one of the things I love about hockey and that I can't stand about some of these other sports. Because 
constantly I'm always looking at some of these big name players in these other leagues. And I'm like, wow, these guys are big headed. And I'm like, I don't like that at all. Maybe that's why I enjoy hockey so much because they focus so much on uh, the whole team aspect. And I'm like, wow, that, that guy's really humble. And most hockey players are like that. So that's one of the reasons they talk about. Uh, another thing they kind of talk about was kind of create the NHL version of the NFL Red Zone. If you don't know what the NFL Red Zone is, it is a channel dedicated just for scoring plays. So let's say that the the Cowboys are within the 20-yard line to the goal line of the opposing team. Let's just say the Giants, for example. Uh, if they were between the 20-yard line and the goal line, that's in the red zone. That would be on that channel, right? And what's really cool about that particular channel is if you've ever used it before, you can see all of the scoring plays all at once. I don't remember exactly how many screens it is because I haven't had it in a while. But what I do know is that you get to be able to view every single scoring play. And I think they even have a, uh, a specific spot where they literally will jump like every 15 or 30 seconds to a different game that's going on that Sunday and be like, okay, all right, the Ravens are going here. They're fixing the score. They're on the goal line. All right, and then and it just follows around the whole league. Now, I don't think that would really work in the NHL. Uh, kind of what Shayna and Saad are kind of argue about is like, you know, like the last two minutes of the game or last five minutes of the game or something like that, or maybe even like power plays doing something similar like that. But it's a lot easier, and, and they admit it as well in the article. It's a lot easier to predict when a team in the NFL is going to score rather than in the NHL. So it's a, it's a decent idea, but I just don't see, you know, if something like that would work in the NHL, to be totally honest with you. All right. But anyways, um, moving on. Let's see. I don't want to talk about all of these. Okay, salary cap. Okay. So one of the things that they also kind of mention is I mean, make it more, make the salary cap more flexible than it happening. And I would, I would love for that to happen. I would just say, get rid of the salary cap altogether just to, and just let teams spend money. And if they have the money, let them spend it. And I mean, just because you spend more money than the other teams doesn't necessarily mean that that team is going to be better. I mean, we've seen that and we see that in the MLB all the time that just spending money does not necessarily mean that your team is going to be better. Now, <laughs> I say that, but the Rangers went out and spent like $2 billion like in free agency like last year or the year before, and they're an immensely better team <laughs> than they were like two or three years ago. But that's beside the point, right? That's not normally the case. There, there, there can be a case where a team at, that spends less money can go on a run in the playoffs and maybe even do really well in the regular season to, to the point to where they win the wild card, they win the wild card game, they go to the they go to the divisional playoffs and the championship series, and then finally the World Series. Uh, we, we've seen that happen before several times in different sports. So I don't necessarily think that uh, it's a bad thing to ask for more flexibility when it comes to the salary cap. I, I think that's something that the NHL should look at, but. I say it's not going to happen just because the owners don't want it to happen. Uh, that's the thing. They, they fought so hard for that stupid salary cap back in the 2004-2005 lockout. So I, I think that's really just what it is, to be totally honest with you. Okay. 
Uh, I don't really want to talk about that. Um, and okay, yeah, yeah, n not really much more that I really want to talk about. But this one thing I did want to talk about, and I think it's more important than any of the other reasons they talked about in the article. One of the things that the sport of hockey does not get a lot of good coverage about is the fact that it is so stinking expensive to play the sport. It really is. I, I mean, and to some extent, it's not really the sport's fault because you're playing on ice. It's really hard. It's really slippery. So you have to have all of this protective equipment to protect you so you don't break bones and, and stuff like that. But I think the most important thing for the NHL to be able to do is to go through and really try their best to make this sport more accessible to more people. And especially people who, who don't have a lot of money to play hockey. I, I mean, like, even when I was 11, um, there was an incident when, uh, well, well, I, I've told that story before. But anyways, long story short, an incident happened, and it was sort of kind of an excuse to get me out of hockey. Uh, and my, my parents paid for me to play hockey for quite a while. But it just got to the point to where it was just too expensive. And uh, with my family, there's a lot of kids. And, you know, it was too expensive. I wanted to keep playing, but my parents just kind of said, we can't really afford it anymore. So uh, I'm not saying I would have been like the next uh, Wayne Gretzky or Connor McDavid or whatever, but I, I still would have enjoyed to continue playing. And even looking back now, I wish I could have continued, but it's just not accessible to a lot of kids. Compared to like football, for example, I mean, all you really need is literally a ball. That's it. In soccer, all you really need is, uh, again, a ball and then some place to make a goal, like using a part of a, a wall to to be a goal or something like that. So maybe one of the things that the NHL needs to do, and I, I've kind of thought about this a little bit, is especially down in the south where there's obviously not a lot of ice, why not try to push street hockey a little bit more? So, I mean, like ball hockey, literally just a couple of sticks, a ball, a couple of nets, and that's it. So that's a little bit more equipment than most sports, but that is way more accessible to a lot of people in the United States compared to all compared to ice hockey. So maybe that's something that the NHL can push to try and educate people, especially in Texas or in other parts of the South. Uh, to continue educating people about the sport of hockey. it's a, I love the sport, but the only way it's going to grow is if you get more eyeballs on it and you get more people playing it. So I really think that's a huge thing that needs to be done by the NHL is focus on street hockey, focus on ball hockey. I think that could really make a huge, huge difference uh, for the NHL if they were to kind of push this a little bit more. Just an idea. I don't know if they would actually take it or not. Let me know what you guys think. I th I might be crazy, but I think it's a good idea. And if I think it's a good idea, it's a good idea. <laughs> this is where I need Chris to tell me. Ryan, you're an idiot. Shut up. Just be quiet. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus legal requirements for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Even if you're not going on vacation, summer's all about a vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Owl City or Lincoln Park or Nickelback, yes, I like Nickelback, on repeat, or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit, I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer, sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm with some good guided meditation. I know that there's a lot of people that use the Raycons for listening to music, but I also use them for listening to podcasts. And of course, being the hockey nut that I am, I'm constantly listening to all sorts of hockey podcasts, especially Dallas Stars podcasts. Raycon earbuds are simply just the best way to listen to things. You can use the earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles noise isolation, and awareness mode. They've got 32 hours of battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time, and they just won't die. They also come with custom gel tips so that they'll fit in your ears the best, and of course, with my small ears, it works great. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really just can't lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Starcastic Remarks listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Okay. Anyways, uh, I just wanted to talk about that for a, for a little bit. But okay, moving on to the Dallas Stars portion of tonight's entertainment i have a list in front of me of the top 12 draft picks for me from 2000 to 2010 now for this list i didn't really put a whole lot of stipulations like i mentioned earlier it was really just more about maybe it shouldn't be like the top picks it should be more like the favorite picks for me for me personally okay so my list is not gospel, okay? So if you disagree with me or if I have a player lower than you would have put them, let me know because I, I am interested to hear what you guys have 
to say. So first off for me, I'm going to start with number 12. And uh, this is a player who was drafted in 2000. He was drafted in the third round, 68th overall. He played 134 games, seven goals, 19 assists, 26 points. And that is Mr. Yoel Lundqvist. Now, or Yoel, <laughs> I'm thinking Yoel Kiviranta, Joel Lundqvist. Um, Joel Lundqvist, he only played two seasons with the Dallas Stars, but I remember those years fondly because I thought it was so cool uh, that he had a brother in the NHL. And, of course, not a lot of people know this, that Henrik Lundqvist, the longtime goaltender for the New York Rangers, who actually is now, I believe he's in the Hall of Fame. I think it was this year he got into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Joel Lundqvist is the twin brother of Henrik Lundqvist. So it, it, I thought it was really cool. He was a great bottom six forward for the Stars for those two th seasons. It was from 2007 to 2009. He didn't spend a whole lot of time uh, with the Stars. Only had four goals and 16 assists in those uh, two seasons. Oh, and, and I guess he had a little bit of time in the 06-07 season too, now that I'm looking at it. But he spent a majority of his time back in Sweden with uh, Frölunda of... Uh, the Frölunda Hockey Club there, and he had some decent numbers there too. But I don't know. I, I I just really liked him as a player way back when, and I'm really starting to show my age with some of these picks. Okay, uh, going in at number eleven at two th in two thousand nine, the sixth over the sixth round pick, hundred fifty ninth overall. He spent 99 games in the NHL, had 10 goals, 13 assists, 23 points. He's still playing, but he's playing with the Texas Stars. And that's Mr. Curtis McKenzie. Curtis McKenzie kind of had a lot of hype around him when he was much, much younger. But I really appreciate the guy because even though he didn't have an illustrious NHL career, he's had a very good hockey career especially at the AHL level and a lot of these guys that are coming up now uh, have had really good experiences with the Texas Stars because of Curtis McKenzie he's serving as the captain there he's serving as a veteran presence for those guys that are becoming those next big players so I have a lot of respect for Curtis McKenzie he's at number 11 on my list Back in 2000, seventh round pick, 224th overall, my number 10 played 539 games in the NHL, so a much longer career than the first two that I mentioned. 97 goals, 133 assists for 230 points, and that's Mr. Antti Miettinen. Now, Antti Miettinen is not very well known by a lot of Stars fans unless you're like a super hardcore fan. The reason why I love him is particularly for one reason, and that was the run in 2008. Uh, in, the, in the 2008 playoffs, he was one of the middle six forwards that really made a difference for that team and allowed that team to go on a really deep run. And plus his name is fun to say, Mietinen, Mietinen, Mietinen. So he's at number 10 on my list. And so I've, I'm now at number nine. Back in 2001, fifth round overall pick. Fifth round overall pick. Fifth round pick. 161st overall. He played 670 games. 299 wins. So it is not a forward or a defenseman. 263 losses. 
He had a 2.7 goals against average and a 9.12 save percentage over his career. I'm still not sure if he's going to be playing anymore. I don't think so because he didn't play last year, but that is Mr. Mike Smith. Now, Mike Smith, it's kind of weird how his career ended uh, before I get into the the Dallas Stars related stuff. He he played with Edmonton for three years, and and before that he was with Calgary for two years. So it was... It was just really strange. It was just like he played through the playoffs. I think he played 16 games in uh, 21-22. And then just poof. He's just like, oh, I can't play anymore. That And that was it. Like, we haven't heard from him since. We don't know if he's healthy, if he's retiring. Uh, I believe he is a free unrestricted free agent right now. But, uh, of course, back in, I, I think it was 2004, 2005, uh, when he was with the Stars and he was just coming up. And I was really excited because we had a fantastic tandem of Marty Turco and Mike Smith. And then when Mike Smith got traded to uh, Tampa, that was his first team he he moved to after Dallas. I was rooting for the Tampa Bay Lightning at that point. And that was when uh, the Lightning were not all that great. They were not going through a very good uh, time at that part of their history. But, you know, it... it, it he, 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 I was so excited for his career. I was really thinking that he was going to stick with the Dallas Stars, and I honestly thought they were going to trade Turco. I'm glad they didn't, but he is at number nine on my list. Number eight, in 2002, second-round pick, 43rd overall, spent 1,058 games in the NHL, so even longer than anybody else on this list. I think he is the, yes, he is the most tenured player in the NHL on my list. 89 goals, 220 assists for 309 points, and that's Mr. Trevor Daly. Trevor Daly was a really good top four defenseman when he was here with the Dallas Stars. He wasn't really known for his offense, but he kind of reminds me a little bit of the calmness that Essa Lindell kind of brings to the blue line. So that's really exciting. Uh for me, when he when he was on the Stars, he was one of my favorite players uh, growing up. And it made me sad when he uh, left the Dallas Stars, but I am happy for him because he eventually got to go to Pittsburgh where he did win a Stanley Cup or two. I forgot how, if it was one or two, but it was really cool to see him do that. Speaking of players that went to the Pittsburgh Penguins, number seven on my list, 2005, he was a first-round overall pick, 28th overall. 949 games played, 72 goals, 284 assists for 356 points. That's Mr. Matt Niskanen. So what really sucks about uh, Matt Niskanen is he could have had a much longer career. He played 13 years in the NHL. He last played in the NHL in 2019-2020, and they shut down the season, obviously, because of COVID. He played in the bubble playoffs, and then after that, because of all the uncertainty around the NHL, and just, I guess, society in general, he retired at the age of 33. So that really sucks that he did not get to really, because he could have continued. He was playing really well. Uh, He was playing with the Philadelphia Flyers on their top pairing, and I think he was playing with, uh, oh, shoot, what is his name? Um, He just recently got traded to Columbus, too. I, I don't remember it now, but he really made... Uh, that defenseman from the Philadelphia Flyers look really good. 
Now I can't remember it. It's going to bug me until I look it up. I'll look it up later. Anyways, moving on from my, my number seven, my number six, 2003, second, over, second round pick, 33rd overall, so basically a first round pick. Uh, he spent 1,050 games, so just eight games short of Trevor Daly, 253 game, goals, 360 assists for 613 points, and that's Mr. Louis Erickson. Speaking of Frelunda Hockey Club, I believe that is where he is actually at right now. He, I think he just signed uh, this offseason with them. He's 38 years old right now. But, of course, when the stars were going through the dark ages, he was one of the few bright spots. And uh, he was putting up goals for a team that had no skill for it <laughs> at all. And uh, that's when the Stars were going through bankruptcy periods. And, uh, I mean, he was so much fun to watch. It, it always seemed like he was in the right place at the right time. And I really hate the fact that he signed that contract with Vancouver and he just never, ever lived up to that contract. I think it was four or five years at $6 million per season. And it was really, really bad contract. It was not... No, no, it was really bad. Uh, before that, he had some really good years uh, in Boston, uh, obviously because we traded him to Boston for Tyler Sagan. That was there were other pieces involved, but that was the uh, the big one. And but still, I, I wish his career had ended it on in in the NHL. I guess his career still going, but I wish it had ended better in the NHL on a higher note because uh, he's spent the last couple of years with the Coyotes. So I don't know. I Maybe one day he gets back to the NHL and he spends uh, the last couple of years in the NHL, but I don't see it happening. I, I think at this point he's going to stay over in Europe. But all right, moving on to my number five. 2005 second round pick, 33rd overall. So same thing as Louis Erickson there. And... 869 games played. He had 296 goals, 264 assists for 559 points. And that is Mr. James, the real deal, Neil. So James Neal kind of bounced around the league after he played with the Dallas Stars. He was in Pittsburgh for a while. He was in the inaugural season with the Vegas Golden Knights when they went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. He spent some time in Calgary, and I think he signed a contract re recently, uh, either last year or the year before, with St. Louis, spent time with their AHL affiliate down there in Springfield. But he was so much fun to watch as a Dallas Stars player. Yeah, and that was very early on in his career, and you could just see it. He, he was a pure sniper, and I, I really wish we had just hung on to him. And uh, he, he was an excellent Dallas Stars player. What I specifically loved watching about him was his slap shot. I don't know why it was. Just, it was like just a work of art watching him take a slap shot, and that was. I guess it's still nowadays. You don't you don't see very many slap shots nowadays compared to like the eighties and the nineties. But he's at number five on my list. James, the real deal, Neil. Number four, two thousand one, sixth round overall pick. So a guy taking taken very late in the draft. 192nd overall, which I believe, other than 
Antti Miettinen, who was taken at 224th overall, is the latest draft pick that is on my list. He played for 951 games. He had 191 goals, 372 assists, 563 points. And that's Mr. UC Jokinen. Obviously, UC Jokinen, when you think of that name, the Dallas Stars hardcore fans are going to say, what? The shootouts. <laughs> when the shootouts were first implemented, that was when UC Jokinen was around in the league and when he was a great shining spot for the Dallas Stars. And what really made Dallas one of the best teams overall in the shootout early on in the shootout history in the NHL. Uh, just the moves that he would pull off, man. It Not quite to Pavel Datsuk level, <laughs> although he did steal some some moves from Pavel Datsuk, but he, he was just so good at the, the shootout. And I think he's one of the greatest ever, in my opinion, to ever be in a shootout. And th I, th I think that's a player that kind of slides under the kind of under the rug a little bit. Not a lot of people remember UC Okunin. So he's on my list at number four. Uh, but the other thing I, I loved about him also, I forgot to mention this, was his speed. It was so much fun to watch him skate. It, it, he wasn't as quite as fast as Rope Hintz is, but it, he was still incredibly fast. So much skill, so much speed. He was so much fun to watch. Getting down into my top three here. My top three. 2010 fifth round pick. Dallas Stars do pretty well in the fifth round for some reason. 131st overall. He's still currently playing, but at this point, he has played 619 games. He has 81 goals, 326 assists for 407 points. And that's Mr. John Klingberg. John Klingberg is still currently playing. He just recently signed a contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I, I wish him nothing but the best. Um, looking back on it, I think the Stars dodged a bullet when they offered him what they did. And John Klingberg should have taken what the Stars offered him, which I believe was 8x8 eight eight or 8x7, something like that. So eight years at $7 million or eight years at $8 million or something like that. And uh, he, he overplayed his hand, honestly. And now he's, I think his current contract with the Maple Leafs is $4.15 million. But obviously the thing that I remember the most about John Klingberg was he just came out, it just seemed like he came out of nowhere. He gets called up from, I, I believe at the time, the Iowa Stars. I don't think the Texas Stars were around yet. They might have been. But his first, his first year, his rookie year was just remarkable. It, it was so much fun to watch and it was so exciting to watch him uh, kind of grow into the role. And then the years after that, he he was the number one defenseman for the longest time. Um, I would argue that he's one of the greatest Dallas Stars defensemen of all time. He's up there, in my opinion, with Hatcher and with, uh, with Zuboff. And I, I think Miro eventually will eclipse all of those guys. But John Klingberg, in my opinion right now, probably the second best defenseman that the Dallas Stars have ever had within their organization. So at number three for me, is John Klingberg. At number two, we're down to our last two. And uh, for those of you that know me, at number two will not be a surprise. Drafted in 2000, the first round pick there, 25th overall, 848 games played, 
109 goals, 179 assists for 288 points. And because I have to mention this stat at least, 1,555 penalty minutes. It's the original honor, Steve Ott. Uh, I'm I'm smiling just just thinking about the player that he was and how much of a fan favorite he was. He was always willing to drop the gloves. He was always willing to get into the dirty areas of the corners. He was one of the best players when it comes to entertainment value, especially for a Dallas fan base that loves that kind of physicality in their game. And lots of people know who he is. Lots of even despite the fact that, yeah, he wasn't the Madonna, the Zuboff, the Lettinen, the Neuendijk, Langenbrenner, those big names that were kind of going through that era in the the 2000s. But man, was he so much fun. And when he left, he was kind of replaced by Roussel. And when Roussel was gone, he was he was replaced by Radulov. And now I kind of feel like there's no one really to fill that void, that Steve Ott void. And I really think he he kind of created that void with the Dallas Stars. And maybe that void is being filled by, I guess, Jamie Benn kind of fills that void now. But we haven't had somebody like him in quite a while. So he, he was my one of my favorite players growing up as a kid. Number two, Steve Ott. And then obviously, I, I kind of ruined it already because I already said his name, but drafted in 2007, the fifth round pick, 129th overall. At this point, he's still playing. 1,030 games played. He's got 362 goals, 485 assists for 847 points. And that's the one, the captain, Jamie Benn. Jamie Benn has to be my number one. Even, even above... Steve Ott. He's been the, one of the longest tenured captains in Dallas Stars history, if not the longest. He continues to be a force to be reckoned with. He came back this year in an offensive manner with reduced minutes. He had he had over 30 goals this season. I know a lot of people are saying that he's going to fall back uh, this upcoming season. I don't see it, especially with Wyatt Johnston and Dodonoff still on that line with him. I think the three of them together are just excellent. So I really think that by the time he's retired, number 14 will be in the rafters at the American Airlines Center. I think his number will be retired when he retires. I don't see anybody else wearing that number ever again. And he will definitely be in the Dallas Stars Hall of Fame for sure. Uh, no doubt on my mind. I, I, I'm, I can't exactly say... Hall of Fame, I, I wish I could. I just can't see it. But, you know, go and win a cup, and maybe he can change that. Maybe he can change that uh, that whole thought process for everybody. But that's my number one, Jamie Benn. So my top three, John Klingberg, Steve Ott, Jamie Benn. Y'all let me know what you think of my particular thoughts here of my top 12 favorite draft picks from 2000 to 2010. Just wanted to give you guys a little bit of Dallas Stars content as we kind of drag drag ourselves through this part of the summer. I know I am missing hockey tremendously. Uh my job is extremely stressful right now. So <laughs> hockey please come back. I miss it so much and there's not much else going on either with 
NHL news in general. So please enjoy this. I hope you enjoy this. If you liked anything you heard tonight, please consider hitting like and subscribe here on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on any podcast platform, please consider leaving us a five-star review. That's the best way you can help us grow. If you have any thoughts, let us know. You can email us at sarcasticremarks at gmail.com. You can also leave us a uh, a uh, a voicemail in the number that's in the notes there at the bottom on said podcast platform. And along with myself, thank you for following along with me. My name is Ryan Chambers. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Hope you guys have a good morning, afternoon, whenever you guys are watching. I'll see you guys 